Welcome to the Logistics of Logistics, a podcast dedicated to exploring how things get places and the people who get them there. We'll talk with logistics and supply chain leaders about innovation, industry trends, and the future of the logistics business. Now, here's your host, Joe Lynch. Hey, everybody. This is Joe Lynch with the Logistics of Logistics podcast. we got a really fun topic today. It is cold calling on steroids with Brad Seaman. Welcome, Brad. Hey, Joe. Thanks for having me. I'm very happy to have you. This is a great topic for us today. I hear so much about cold calling, so it'll be nice to get a cold calling guru on the line with us today. So, Brad, before we get started, tell us a little bit about you and your company. Yeah, you bet. So uh, Brad Steeman, I'm the CEO at Monster Connect. We're based in Indianapolis, and each year it gets harder and harder to get prospects on the phone. So we've developed a software that allows you to speak with 8 to 12 live prospects per hour, and it makes you typically 6 to 8 times more productive than you know traditional phone prospecting. Oh, that's a much-needed tool. So uh, before we get into the meat of the topic, Please tell us a little bit about your background. Where'd you grow up? Where'd you go to school? What'd you study at school? Yep. So I grew up in Indianapolis, Indiana. Went to Olivet Nazarene University, which is just south there of Chicago. I originally went to school to be a youth pastor. But then as I got out of school and was transitioning to go to seminary, I was was doing some landscaping at at the family business. And they fired chief operating officer. And so I got the call to come in, come inside and run the, run the place while my brother was on vacation. And so that was sort of was my introduction into the, into the business. So once I got in there, I, I just saw a lot of opportunity and I felt like, Hey, if you build a really, if you build a really good company that was, you know, organized and you cared for people, you could really make an impact, which was ultimately what I was trying to do as a youth pastor is make a, you know, make an impact. And so that was sort of my, my introduction into business. And so I'm sure we'll get into this later on down the road, but being involved in that got me involved in another kind of subset of the business that I'm in today. And then ultimately got me into Monster Connect. I think there's so much going on in Indianapolis. I work a lot with a few logistics companies. They're great companies and it's such a tech center. And I don't think people realize that. I mean, when you look at beyond say Silicon Valley and, you know, Boston and Austin, people often forget that there's places in the Midwest and Indianapolis is one of the top places. My, my beloved Ann Arbor is another one that are really tech centers. I mean, a lot of techies over there. So I know yours is a sort of a techie tool too. So when and why did you start Monster Connect? So, you know, I mentioned getting into the family call center business. It was a, uh, the business did lead generation for mortgage companies. And I think at the time there were about four, we had about 400 call center reps. And so they'd call your house and perk your interest on, you know, refinancing your home. And this is kind of pre or, you know, kind of the few years after the, the do not call list and, you know, a couple of years before the mortgage meltdown. And we started seeing the writing on the wall in the mortgage space that that was, there was going to be, you know, some kind of meltdown. We could just feel it. So we started diversifying the business and we added a, an appointment setting division. And we brought a guy in from Enterprise Rental Car that had been in their B2B division to build out the appointment setting division. So him and I built that out. And as that 
started, it became really difficult. We eventually spun that out of the out of the call center and diversified ourselves out of the mortgage space. But the challenge that we ran into is that we were scaling the business really fast and it was hard to staff and hire. And so we got to about 120 reps scheduling appointments for software and technology companies. So they would hire us to essentially be their inside sales team. And so we'd go out, we'd schedule time and date appointments either by the phone or face-to-face. And then those, their sales reps would run those appointments. And there were two things that were going on that really initiated the idea for Monster Connect. The first one was that it was difficult to scale. So, you know, you'd hire, you know, Indianapolis is a small, is a small market and there's only so many, you know, so many qualified candidates that would represent your company well. And so it was really, really difficult at 120 people to scale that up. The other thing that was happening is that the product was a service product and and it was entirely subjective. So your inside sales rep would, you know, schedule the appointment. He'd have a good conversation. He'd pass it off to the rep. And you'd think the business model would be, you know, really black and white. You'd give us a set of qualifiers, you know, that you wanted the lead to match. And then we'd go out and get that and it'd be really black and white. But it was really, really subjective. And it was hard to, it was hard to produce a product that was consistent and it being a service business and it being subjective was just really challenging. So I started trying to figure out, I was really trying to solve two, you know, kind of two problems. The one was the internal scaling problem. So how do you get, how do you get one sales rep to be the most productive that they could be? And then the other one was trying to come up with some business model that would allow you to have a more, you know, objective business model. So something that would be, you know, very clear that you were attaining the goal. And so with those kind of two objectives, I had really immersed myself in the call center product and technology. That's where my first couple jobs were running the, the dialer that we used for the call center. And I was really acquainted with, you know, how it worked and what it could do. And at one point we, and one of the products that we had, uh, both the mortgage company and the appointment setting company was that we'd basically call in, get somebody on the phone that was interested, and then we'd hot transfer that over to a sales rep. And as data.com was, you know, data started to change around 2008. So you started getting more access to direct lines. It started being more clear on who the decision makers, you know, were in a company. And the data providers started getting more access to you know, direct lines and just general contacts at the company. And so those things open the door really for the business model that exists today to happen. And essentially what we've done is, you know, one sales guy can make, you know, maybe 20 calls in an hour, but the mass majority of those are going to go to voicemail or, you know, you're going to get stuck at a gatekeeper. And so our product we back our software with live agents and you have a whole team of people that are dialing for you and the prospect, you know, identifies the list that they want to call on and says, Hey, here's the 150, you know, VPs of, you know, logistics or procurement or CFOs or VPs of sales that we want to go after. 
And then our agents do the legwork and they do the things that the technology can. So they navigate through the phone prompts, they interact with the administrative assistants. And then in real time, when a prospect answers or identifies themselves or we identify them, they're then connected to the sales guy. And so the prospect doesn't know that somebody else placed the call. They just know they're talking live to the prospect. So the two things that I was trying to solve, one being the scaling of the sales team, by adding those agents, you're able to scale the product knowledge of the salesperson. So you get more out of that person in a day. And then the other thing that it solves is the objectivity, because as long as we get the person that you want to talk to on the phone, it becomes very black and white. You either got Joe Lynch on the phone or you didn't. So that's really the, you know, the makings of the, of the business model in the background. That's pretty slick. And, you know, you often hear in, in the business, the logistics businesses, it's just a numbers game. It's a numbers game, but it's not just a numbers game. It's a numbers and it's a quality game. And, and because if you say, Joe, I've, I got these 10 people that we reached out to. And I say, yeah, but those just aren't the right guys. <laughs> then, then who cares that you got 10 or if you got 20, if they're not the right guys. Right. It's definitely both. Yeah. So cold calling is still used so much in our business here in the transportation logistics space. And it's also so maligned and so hated. I mean, I'm not a big cold caller. I, I've gotten in the mode of writing a lot of articles and doing podcasts and a lot of other things that get me business. So I built a following and I don't have to cold call, but that doesn't happen overnight. For most people, it never happens because they don't want to write the articles. They don't want to do this work. And you've said something to me the other day is it really doesn't matter how you get there. The guy who talks to the most prospects wins. He's going to sell more, plain and simple. And so, and I'm, I'm this, I agree with you. So whether you hunted for it or you, you know, farm those leads or fish, whatever you want, whatever analogy you want to use, more people you talk to who can buy your product, more like you are to win. Right. And, and I think the other thing that happens is, you know, there's a really good quote that I like from Roger Pence. He says that, you know, effort equals results. And so the more effort that you put in, the more results you get. I think that's typically true for anything, particularly in sales. I mean, very rarely, you know, it does happen, but very rarely do you see a strong effort followed by a lack of results. They usually go hand in hand. And so, you know, occasionally you might get a sales guy who, you know, really has strong effort and bad skills and it doesn't work out, but very rarely is that the case. I mean, if you go back and look at, you know, the productivity of, you know, the top performers, you're gonna see, you know, a high level of activity. And the other thing that I like yeah. to say is, you know, conversations are a great indication of revenue, because if you're having conversations, then you're generating quotes and then you're ultimately booking revenue. And I think the other thing that happens is, you know, you talked a little bit about, you know, the inbound and, you know, wanting to build that, you know, do an inbound and outbound. I think there's a tendency to like lean into one of those. And I really think it's an all-bound game that you got to do all the things that it takes to get a sale. You know, you got to phone prospect, you got to have inbound, you got to have marketing. It takes a lot to break through and to generate a sale. But I think ultimately, you know, if you asked a group of people, you know, which has a better chance of converting, you know, an email response that you have that somebody said, hey, they'll talk to you or actually having that person on the phone. I think the phone wins because you have control over 
at some level what that person is going to do and how they're going to how they're going to think. Yeah, I would say this. You mentioned all bound. I have always believe that one shines on the other. So when I've done, uh, I remember doing a webinar and I'll get a do a webinar and 30, 40 people sign up. I'll look them up and I'll say, yeah, those four guys I want to talk to. And I typically talk to them before the webinar. And I'll call and say, hey, you know, Brad, you signed up for my webinar. I just wanted to have a few minutes to uh, talk to you about what you were hoping to learn. You know, and those conversations would always be so great. And I always think like that's using inbound and outbound at the same time. So I I love those that approach. So anyway, we talked about. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, and I don't think you have to. I mean, I think we when we think about outbound, we think about cold calling. And I think, you know, at some level, cold call, you know, what cold calling is dead in the age of information. If you're calling somebody without good information, then I think that that's a, you know, I think that's a lost cause. I mean, you really have to, you know, I don't advocate for anybody to phone prospect without purpose. And that's really what I think about when I think about cold calling and cold calling is sort of this, you know, junk term for, it's almost like COPD is to uh, lung disorders is that that's a variety of lung issues that really are thrown into this you know, four-letter word called COPD that you hear about on the commercials. But cold calling is the same way. You know, there's different types of phone prospecting and phone prospecting and outbound have places and have history of strong results, but just randomly calling people, I don't, I don't think is a great strategy. Well, I think, I think that what you guys are doing, and I'm sure there's others who are doing the same, is you've created some tools. And, <laughs> you know, right now, if I needed to do some math problems, some multiplication, I would use my phone calculator, right? So it doesn't mean I can't do multiplication. I can, although I'm probably rusty, because we do have these tools. All we're doing is adding a really great tool to a problem that uh, so many people struggle with. And so yeah. let's talk a little bit about cold calling. So we've hinted on it here. Why does cold calling still work today? Well, you know, I think it's, you know, one, I think that it is, you know, selling over the phones, I mean, getting a prospect on the phone, giving them a pitch that's valuable to them and changes their world. I think that's going to continue, you know, that continues to work. So I think at the end of the day, it's just, you know, the question isn't just cold calling work. It's like, you know, is selling to another human still work? And I think it does, you know, getting somebody on the phone, talking to them about how their, you know, how their current role in life is, and then how that can potentially change. Humans still have a impact on other humans. Yep. Yep. So if you were to give someone advice that has nothing to do with your tool for a minute, <laughs> if you just said, I want to help you be a great cold caller, what would you tell them that the, the few things they absolutely positively need to do? I would say, you know, the first thing you need to do is you need to have a good, you need to have a good contact list. So you need to have a list of people that you have defined could potentially be a good fit for your market. And there's tons of tools that exist in the space for you to do that. There's Bombora, which is buyer intent data. So it shows like what people are searching for and doing, you know, when they're looking for key topics on certain business initiatives. There's discover.org. There's Zoom Info. There's also, you know, one of the strategies that we, we deploy is we use the job boards. So we go out to the job boards and we find companies that have keywords in them like phone prospecting and cold calling. And so we have identified that when, when we make a phone call to somebody, we've already identified that they're doing some volume of phone prospecting. 
And so when we call in to the company, we know that they have outbound in part of their DNA of the business. And then that makes our pitch substantially better. And the other thing about the job posts that I think are really interesting, I don't necessarily know in the logistics space, you know, the key things that drive, you know, that would potentially be a driver. But job boards do a couple of things. They show that people that have money because they're trying to hire for a problem. If you read through a job post, it's essentially nothing but issues that exist inside a business and they're trying to hire a person to solve all those issues. So you get a really clear understanding of what problems a company, what problems a company has. And then it also shows that there's job growth going on in the business. So ultimately, or job decline. I mean, a lack of job posts could be, you know, an indicating reason for a phone call too. Like, hey, it looks like you guys don't have a lot of growth going on. You know, what's happening inside the, you know, inside the business? Are you guys looking to, you know, cut costs because there's this lack of job growth? So, you know, ultimately, I think there's a ton of tools out there that exist to get not only buying indications, but there's also lots of places for you to get good contact lists so that you can have conversations. So besides contact lists, what else do I need to be a good cold caller? You need to have a good message. So, you know, a lot of, and some type of value differentiator when you make a phone call. And, you know, there again, there's lots of training and lots of training online, lots of good sales consultants that'll help you with your pitch. But ultimately, you got to have a compelling message. You got to get the guy to move from being, you know, flat-footed onto a phone call to move onto his toes with some kind of interest. You know, there's got to be some compelling. It's kind of challenging in the business, the transportation logistics space, because so, so many people are selling, let's just say, over-the-road trucking, full trucks. And you're using the same driver pool, I mean, the same truck pool. There's a lot of brokers making those phone calls. So when you say something like, oh, you know, we have great customer service. You know, when you work with us, you're going to get a phone call every uh, hour telling you where the truck's at. Or, you know, we'll tell you when it's picked up. And and sometimes there's a technology, you know, a TMS, transportation management system. And sometimes they'll be, you know, related to cost. Like, I think I can save you some money on your transportation. But <laughs> what becomes the real challenge? And I talk to cold callers virtually every day. It's a struggle because it's somewhat a commoditized market, which means it's a relationship market. You know, when, when everything costs about the same, when I can't save any money over Brad's offering, it becomes all about who's the customer like? They like Brad probably or me. <laughs> right. And I think that's the value of the phone. I mean, I think that gives you an opportunity to build a relationship with somebody. And when you think about phone prospecting, you know, I think that, you know, particularly in the, in the logistics space, you know, you're looking at multiple touches over a period of time to build a relationship. And, you know, ultimately, and you're in the logistics space, you know, relationships matter. And, you know, they just make that, you know, and then relationships and sales make a difference. It just makes a difference. And I think, you know, the phone is a great way for you to build relationships, particularly if you're bringing or trying to add value in other ways is, you know, as well, you know, being a, being an industry expert, really understanding the space, you know, trying to help your client. I mean, all those things can be initiated and started in a, in a, in a phone call. Yeah. Well, the challenge becomes is when everybody's message is kind of the same. And for some of these sh big shippers, They'll tell you they get six or seven phone calls a week from brokers who all sound the same. 
from three PLs that all sound the same. And so when you're that guy and you're the seventh guy who called that week and you say, hey, I can click, (laughs) get out of my hair, crazy person. We'll get right back to the podcast in just a moment. If you sell transportation or logistics services, the Logistics of Logistics can help you sell more. Our customized program will help you understand your sales personality, including your strengths and blind spots, get more sales leads, and improve your communication and salesmanship. We can also position you as a recognized industry expert and help you reach your target audience. To learn more, visit thelogisticsoflogistics.com. And now, back to the show. So anyway, the first thing, so when I asked you, what does a salesperson need to be successful? You said, first, they need a contact list. Next, they need good messaging, which is a little bit of a challenge in our business. I'm not going to lie. What is the third thing they need? Discipline and focus is the third thing. And one more quick comment on the, you know, on, on the, the messaging. I mean, I think part of, you know, you obviously have to have good messaging and, and work through it, figure out your value differentiators. But I also think, you know, putting in the work and making the phone calls becomes a timing thing is that if you can, you know, if you can increase the number of calls that you can make in a day or a week or a month, you really increase the opportunity that, that somebody is in a timing scenario. Like a, a good example would be, we have a client out of Cleveland called Jared Logistics and they had a sales guy that closed a, he closed a $15 million deal, which was a big deal for, you know, for this logistics company. He hit, you know, he's got about a $4 million quota. So he hit $4 million of quota on one phone call. And it just came down to good timing. You know, the guy was planning on, he was planning on making the, you know, making the change and the call came in at the right time. And, you know, it was the right place, right time, right messaging. And they end up securing them as a, you know, as a client. And it becomes the biggest deal that I think that they had, that they had had single deal that they had had as a company. And that is a nice size deal. (laughs) It it goes into discipline and focus because what happened in this call is the rep guy named Mike Roots. He also not, he didn't just have a $15 million month. He actually had a $20 million month from this deal and two other deals. And it took a little while, but they all came back to, you know, him phone, they all came back from phone prospecting and using our product. And the discipline and focus comes in because he was religious about doing prospecting in a regular case, you know, so every day, you know, for hour to two hours a day, he's prospecting. And when he got the big deal, he said he was on the phone. I think he'd had eight conversations. He had about two minutes left before he was going to log out. And he decided, Hey, I'm going to take one more phone call. And uh, he doesn't log out. He stays logged in. And the guy picked the phone up and said, Hey, this is Jose. He said, Hey, Jose, I'm Mike. And you know, the rest is history. But you know, on the phone prospecting side, and you and I talked a little bit about this offline, it's a lot like working out, is that, you know, working out, it takes discipline and focus, and you got to have a plan, and you got to have a good diet, and you can't outrun a bad diet. So, you know, I think about the diet as data, you got to have good data for phone prospecting. So if you have bad data and good, you know, good practices, so you go to the gym every day and you work out, but you eat a lot of cheeseburgers you know, it's going to offset itself. And so, you know, I think the biggest challenge to phone prospecting is, you know, I think everybody agrees that, you know, doing it regularly, 
has strong benefit, but not coming in and doing it, you know, really is the erosion of, of the process. So you got to be disciplined, you got to be focused and you got to have a plan. Yeah. And, you know, that it's a great point. I love to the working out analogy. I'm glad this is uh, audio rather than video because I otherwise couldn't talk about uh, (laughs) (laughs) But because I'm that guy who's always eating the wrong thing and go say, but I, but I go to the gym a lot. Anyway, I remember a few, six, seven years ago, I broke my leg. And so I was home for like a month and then I just was kind of just laid up. And I was watching a lot of P90X, the infomercial with Tony Horton. Yeah. It's kind of addicting. You know, you, I was watching a lot of TV and that was the way I, I wasn't going to the gym. I watched P90X commercial. And Tony <laughs> Horton talked a lot about this. He says, you know, if you're going to work out, you need three things. And I think this kind of also applies to lead generation. He said, first off, you need consistency. And people do not have dedicated, consistent lead gen. They get busy with their current customers, which they should, and they have to take care of them, so they stop lead gen. They get busy with the people in their pipeline, so they stop doing lead gen. And so as soon as those other those deals get through the project or you lose something, you realize, wow, what happened? Well, you stopped lead gen. So anyway, you need consistent lead gen or consistent trips to the gym. And then he talked about it. He talked about two other things. He said, Beyond consistency, you need intensity. You can go to the gym every day and half-ass it, and it shows, right? And so you need the proper level of intensity. And the last thing he said is you need a variety. And he's talking about for the muscles, you need uh, a variety because you challenge your muscles in different ways. And I look at the variety as, yeah, I'm going to do some inbound. I'm going to do some outbound. I'm going to mix it up. I'm going to keep working on my messaging until I find that sweet spot. You know, I, I did 25 phone calls this way. 25 this way. And when I've hit on the right formula, I'll know. Well, and I think a lot of, lead, you know, the, the lack of lead gen typically comes from the lack of effort, you know, whether it's inbound and not writing your blog or whether it's outbound and not making the phone calls. I mean, ultimately, when you look at, you know, an unsatisfactory result, you look at that, you, you know, you go back to look at that Roger Penske quote, which is, you know, effort equals result. There's usually not the effort. So, Hey, we're doing inbound, but we're not getting leads. Well, how many blog posts are you writing? You know, where are you running your ads? Well, we're not, you know, we're not, oh, we could be better at that, Joe. We're not really writing as many posts as we could. We're not doing as many podcasts. We're not, you know, it usually comes down to effort. Yeah. In cold calling, there's a lot of people who who call me who seem to be putting the effort in, who don't seem to have the success. So you just told us that to be successful as a cold caller, you need a good contact list. Maybe some people don't have that. You need good messaging. Maybe you got to switch that messaging up until it's right. Maybe it's not compelling enough right now. And then you said discipline and focus. I think virtually, not to say all of us, most of us struggle with discipline and then focus. It's really easy to lose focus in an office where you have other responsibilities. If I have existing customers, it's really hard to stay focused on dedicated lead gen. So I can see where some people would say, yeah, it's easier said than done on the discipline and focus. But anyway, I think you're going to tell us a little bit of how you can help us on that. So if the only thing I need to do, the three things I need to do is I need great information, great contact list, great messaging and discipline and focus. If those are the only things I need, why do so many people struggle at cold calling? Well, you know, I think that, you know, good question. I think it comes down to it's inefficient. So traditional phone calling takes a lot of time. It's difficult. You've got to make a lot of phone calls in a traditional, just using your phone to get somebody on the, on the phone that's unpredictable as well. 
And so when you dial by yourself, you got to get up early, stay late. You got to do a lot of tricks to get people, you know, on the phone and to get to somebody. And if you remove the inefficiency of dialing and not getting somebody on the phone, and now you're talking to live prospects, that really, you know, impacts the inefficient part. And then, you know, it's difficult because you're not getting people, you know, in a traditional phone prospecting scenario, you're not getting people on the phone. And the stats say that it's harder every year to get people on the phone. And then it's unpredictable because you don't know if you're going to get prospects on the phone. So I think if you solve the, you know, the conversation, if you solve the issue of getting people on the phone, it makes prospecting or phone prospecting or cold calling, however you want to refer to it, outbound, it makes it far more efficient because talking to prospects and having conversations, you know, really solves the problem. And when you're dialing, when you get one person on the phone in a day or two people on the phone in a day, that's not very productive. But if you're getting eight to 12 people on the phone in an hour or five people on the phone, that becomes far more productive and justifiable. And it gives you so many more opportunities to hone your craft, right? If I'm able to have five conversations an hour, as again, opposed to two or three in a day, I'm going to know what works. And when somebody says, hey, what works? You go, God, I, I don't know. I talk to two people a day. And, you know, it's been a month. I've talked to 60 people. They really don't know what works. As opposed to if I say, yeah, in a month, I talked to 150 people. Yeah, it's a big difference. And, you know, it's interesting what you just talked about. When I, you said... It's inefficient, it's difficult, it's unpredictable. And I think what's interesting about this is, it, you know, if I was to hire, you know, a company like yours, it makes it more efficient. But on top of that, it's dedicated. I always feel like the challenge we all have is I have current business. So I always have to jump in and work on my current business. So I can't keep that dedicated lead gen. It's the key to my growth, but my current customers are pretty important too. Well, and I think the other thing that happens is you start getting, you know, I call it prospecting guilt. You don't know, you get to the end of the month, you're trying to figure out what's more efficient, going after my current pipeline, you know, in my relationships that I have or getting on the phone and getting on the phone is going to take me, you know, an enormous amount of time to be able to drum up pipeline. But if I can remove that prospector's guilt by getting on the phone and having conversations immediately or client guilt, you know, do I deal with my client or do I phone prospect? Yeah, that solves a lot of the problem. Yeah. So I hear from a lot of owners, and one of the things that I kind of a common theme is this. The owners of freight brokerage, owner of 3PLs, little trucking companies. I hear is, you know, I get people come in and and they're the salespeople and they'll be very hardworking and they'll get they'll get a few accounts. And then after, you know, six months or a year, they slow down and they just kind of get, you know, complacent. And I always say, who manages their business? And they go, Well, they do. Well, I said, doesn't it make sense that they don't get more leads after they have five or six clients? You know, yeah, it does. I said, well, that's the challenge. You're asking him to do the most important job we have in our businesses is sales. And I consider sales kind of three jobs. One is lead generation or prospecting, whatever you call it. One is managing the sales process from the time I get a lead to the time I close. And then the last piece is managing current clients, account management, whatever we want to call it. I think those are three jobs. <laughs> and so you need that dedicated lead gen. And when you start working with a company like yours, it's dedicated because they say, hey, I'm getting a message here that I got a, a live one on the phone call. Yeah, you got it. It definitely makes, uh, you know, it makes all that 
you know, significantly easier. And I, I think the other thing that you're working against there, and I think this helps with, is that it's natural. You know, we all have a, a personal thermostat. And so you go out and, you know, you increase the thermostat to get your five deals. And then you crank that down because you are working at 100%. And then you crank that down to 70 because that's your thermostat. And we have a natural inclination to go back to what is normal. And so I think at some level, this is a thermostat adjuster. I mean, as long as you hop in it, you're going to keep the thermostat high. So, Brad, let's switch gears a little bit. So, again, when I asked you what makes somebody a better cold caller, and you said, you have any great contact list, good messaging, and then discipline and focus. How would it, so if somebody was to work with a company like yours, how do you fix those three things? How do you make those better? You know, the first one is, you know, that you're going to have, you have some built-in accountability. You know, you're scheduling time to be on the platform. You know, our client service team is going to work with you to make sure that you, it's almost like. Describe what that looks like. Yeah. So when you get onboarded, you get a, you get a client service manager, you know, that person is going to work out with, you know, the manager or the team, you know, what the desired results are. And then we're going to help you, you know, we're going to make sure that you show up, you know, to your sessions and that you're running your, you know, that you're running the time that you're allotted to use. And then we're going to coach you and work with you on your, your messaging and your overall process to make sure that you're using the product effectively. And this is a technology that I'll be able to look at on my, on my screen and see here's who we're calling today. Yep. So you log in, you see all the. You see all the people that you're calling. You see the dials as they're going out. You get connected. You hear a little tone. You see the prospect pop up on the screen. So you're watching it all in all in real time. Yeah, you, sh- you showed me, and it's a pretty slick tool. So I can look at my list of people who I want to talk to, my very targeted list that you helped me create, and I can watch your or listen to, if I wanted, to your guy make those phone calls. But they never hear that guy. As soon as they get a live person on the line, they transfer it to me. Correct. And as long as everybody does their, you know, their job, our guy initiates the transfer at the right time and your guy talks right away, there's no delay or handoff latency. I mean, it's all, it's all in real time. It's like typing a number into a conference line and getting connected, you know, right when you hit pound. This is kind of like somebody coming to my house, breaking down the door, grabbing my fat ass, dragging me to the gym, <laughs> <and> putting me <laughs> on the treadmill and turning it to four miles an hour and said, all right, here we go. <laughs> yeah. That, that's how it's been described by our, you know, by our clients is, Hey, this is like a hiring a personal trainer. Now I just need them to slap that pizza out of my hand. <laughs> <laughs> no pizza. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you create this, this opportunity to get a lot more conversations and every single day, how many hours do people typically work with companies like yours? You know, it just depends on your, you know, the desired results. I mean, I, I think there's an inclination to think that you can be on eight hours a day. I mean, that's the equivalent to going to the gym for eight hours a day or being on the treadmill. You just, it's, it's hard to do, you know, somewhere between an hour to four hours a day is a good cadence, depending on what you want to, what you want to try to get out of the program. So you mentioned this is more, this is better than you doing on your own six to eight times more conversations. Yeah. more uh, Productivity. Like you're looking at a six to eight, eight times productivity increase. And then you're, you know, I think we saw with like, you know, in the early, the early stats of our engagement with JB Hunt, you know, they said they had a 900% increase 
And in the first wow <laughs> first week, they saw you know fifteen deals that they put in the pipeline that they had not had previously. So you know it's pretty pretty significant you know pretty significant impact. So there's a lot of companies that are now moving to you know, these SDRs, sales development reps, and those sales development reps are usually junior people, but not always. And, and they're very focused on just getting new, new leads, new opportunities in the, in the top of the pipeline. So how would you guys compare to an SDR? Let's just say, let's just say I have a little company and I'm, I'm going to free up my brokers and my sales guys. Just wait until Tom gets you some opportunities and then you'll jump on. Why would that, how would you compare your Monster Connect to say that SDR? Um, I would say, look, it's a, look, it's a both end, you know, depending on your structure, you know, we can be a really good enhancement for an SDR. So we're a really good tool for an SDR. You can do with one guy, what would maybe take you six or eight guys that you had to hire, put on your payroll and train, or you can look at it as, you know, taking your, you know, account reps that are managing and booking business and then making them more productive. So we don't replace the SDR. In fact, a lot of our clients, SDR teams are using our product, but it's a way for both parts, whether it's the SDR, or whether it's the account executive to be, to be more productive. Well, yeah, it's, it's everywhere we have tools now, right? So I mentioned earlier that I use a calculator. And I can still multiply if I want to uh, you know, do a longhand. I learned how back in the day, but I don't do it anymore. I have a calculator. I even have a calculator on my phone. I have one over here on my desk. So this is just a tool that helps you do better at cold calling. More opportunities, more opportunities. And ideally, the more opportunities, you're going to get better and better at the, the hit rate, too. You know, if I get a chance to have 10 good phone calls every day, I'm going to get a lot better at my messaging. I'm going to get better at my closing, right? You got it. I mean, and and I think it's, you know, at the end of the day, it becomes, you know, getting people on the phone, you know, having a big pipeline beats having small. (laughs) Yeah. And having more conversations beats having a little. Yeah. And you you said it. The guy who has more conversations gets more sales. I mean, if they're, and especially if you help me make my list better and help me get my messaging better. Oh boy, this just seems like a slam dunk. So this has been very interesting. I, again, I, I, the name of the topic here is cold calling on steroids. It really is. I mean, this is a this is a very slick tool you've got here. So, and I don't want to be overly salesy. I know there's probably other products like this, but having worked with JB Hunt and Jared, it sounds like you understand the logistics space pretty well too. So, Brad, to wrap this up, what's going on over at Monster Connect? And if someone wants to continue the conversation with you, what do they need to do? You know, they can email me at B Seaman, S D A M A N, at monster connect.com. Or they can, you know, go to LinkedIn and send LinkedIn invite there, or, you know, direct message me on LinkedIn. Yeah, I'll put a, a link to your website and also a link to your LinkedIn profile. And I'll put your email. I probably won't put your email address on there. You'll get too much junk mail. So, <laughs> yeah, or you can, you know, people can go to the website. I mean, they can go to www.monsterconnect.com. Or wait a sec, or you guys could call them. <laughs> <laughs> well, Brad, thank you so much. This has been a great education. I really appreciate you taking the time to share with us this cool new technology you got. Awesome. Thanks, Joe. I appreciate it. Yeah. And thank you all of you for listening to this podcast. Your continued support is very much appreciated. Until next time, onward and upward. 
You've been listening to the Logistics of Logistics podcast, where we engage in conversations with experts in the logistics field. If you're an expert and would like to be featured on the Logistics of Logistics podcast, please email Joe Lynch at joe at the logisticsoflogistics.com. 